0: Hey everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I am fantastic, and this is totally me.
1: This is not an imposter at all, as far as you know. Are you are you with a
0: real Matt Ham, please podcast? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We are brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for only $2 a month to gain access to all of our bonus content on this week's episode. It is The Principal and the Pauper, episode 4F23, originally aired September 28th, 1997, written by Ken Keeler, directed by Stephen Dean Moore, finished 41st in the ratings, Nelson Nielsen rating of 9.2, second highest rated show on Fox that week, following King of the Hill, the, this is the first time I've, I've been privy to this information, the average rating for Fox that week was 6.4. Oh, wow. So, The Simpsons got 9.2. That's quite a bit better. 50% higher than the average. No, not 50%, 30%? Mm-hmm. No. Thirty to forty. We're not math people Here, Come on. Six it's six and then it's a nine. So it's half so a... it's but it's, it's, it's between forty and fifty percent. A... It really depends. On what?
1: Okay, what the I didn't know I don't know what the exact numbers are. What were the numbers again? Nine point two and you six point four and
0: nine point two. That's fifty percent. Okay, roughly. so it's about forty six, forty seven percent. Okay, my first over the average. My first guess was right. I second guessed myself for no yeah. reason. Uh the couch gag, the Simpsons are dressed as astronauts, and the couch blasts off into space. It's alright, not bad. It's fun. It's rockets. Rockets are always it's new. It's not it's hard to get angry at rockets. They're pretty much always. Rockets cool. are fun for all involved. They all, they make big fire and explosions and then shoot off at a really fast speed. It's a fun thing. This episode guest stars Martin Sheen as Seymour Skinner. And it really, really
1: shows. He has a very distinctive voice. The kind you don't really hear in The Simpsons that much. It, it sounds like a real person talking.
0: And they uh, apparently they cast him because they liked him. And, you know, he I mean, he's been in a million movies. But uh, Apocalypse Now was the one they cited because, you know, he's a Vietnam vet in the show. So it makes sense right. to have a, a, a person who's portrayed veterans before. Uh, the episode begins with uh, Superintendent Chalmers sneaking around the school. Uh, as we follow Skinner in his, I guess, daily routine, which is to like, it's the, it's the kind of routine I would have. So yeah, I would, I would think so. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It's his internal checklist. I, I, yeah. But then you know, it, it involves uh, what a tuning fork to the school bell. Bell. There's making well, sure his clock is synced with the school clock. Of course, you gotta. What all those secret missions he goes on, you gotta synchronize watches. But Chalmers is sneaking behind because he is trying to set up Skinner's 20th anniversary extravaganza, so to speak. Celebration. But only only for teachers, because Willie's not allowed. Willie is not, he's not a teacher, Matt, come on. He doesn't belong anywhere around it. And
1: I also really appreciated the coffee-flavored Beverine joke. that That's just, oh, <laughs> makes me shiver I don't even drink coffee. Beverine? Is that a thing? I don't think so. I think it was a joke about cost-cutting in schools, but I could be wrong.
0: Um, I think all, I look it up, all the f- top references are to The Simpsons, so yes, they just made that up. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty clear, it's, the Urban Dictionary entry is, it quotes The Simpsons, so I, I think The Simpsons made that up, but yes, that sounds like a terrible drink that a cheap school would have to buy. Uh, and, and I mean, the name of the lounge is Teacher's Lounge. Is Willie a teacher? Usually it's called Faculty Lounges now, but, uh, I believe in the
1: past it was the Teacher's Lounge, so... I mean he didn't teach French that one time.
0: That was in an emergency. That doesn't count. Hey, a substitute teacher is still a teacher. He's not a substitute though. He's a groundskeeper. He, he was once. He can be many things. On that you day. Be a groundskeeper only and a on teacher. the days Hagrid you're...
1: Hagrid has words with well, you son. this
0: is no, we're not doing Harry Potter crossovers, Matt. This doesn't work and Hagrid is a teacher. He teaches classes. Thank you very much and uh, as well as being a groundskeeper. Sometimes. Sometimes when he's not being fired for incompetence. Like I said, we're not doing Harry Potter. We well, when we get to the <laughs> Harry Potter episode, this episode so we'll
1: do it. Uh, That's, That's right. If you guys, if you, if you guys want to hear our Harry Potter discussions, listen to the Zero Fanaticist.
0: There you go. Uh, but Chalmers is trying to put together this celebration. He's talking to the teachers, uh, and they are trying to recruit students to, uh, you know, present kind of a I don't what do you what would you call it? Uh, present a retrospective? Uh, yeah, a biographical report. Yeah, on Skinner and his life and career. And uh Lisa and Ralph are recruited.
3: I need a volunteer to present an oral report on Principal Skinner's life.
2: Miss Hoover, which one is oral?
3: Out of your mouth, Ralph. Volunteers. Thank you, Lisa.
2: Um, no, Miss Hoover, I'm Ralph.
3: I only need one volunteer, Ralph.
2: Miss Hoover, which one is one? Ralph and I could do the report together.
3: It's your funeral.
2: Miss Hoover, What? Why are you doing that? Our class is making refreshments for Skinner's party. These are in honor of his army days. And That explains the flags. What about the dog food? My theory is Skinner likes dog food. Mm, Let's bake him a cake.
3: Ooh,
0: a fresh batch of America balls. Gotta love some America balls. it's a
1: decent theory. You'd have to test it a few times. And at least, uh, you know, Homer enjoys it. So, you know, that's some evidence for it. And, uh, well, you know, uh, America balls being made of substandard meat and,
0: you know, the leavings of other food. That sounds about right. That's don't speak that way about my my home country, Matt. It's very rude. <laughs> the country you don't live in anymore. Hey, I'm next door. I was there like three weekends yeah. ago. Uh huh. I was
1: for music. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. So the they're. The, their... The kids and and everyone are preparing for this this celebration, and then we get we get a little bit of a peek on uh, Skinner and and his mother's typical Friday night, which is silhouettes painting silhouettes or cutting out silhouettes. What are they doing? Uh, yeah, they, is uh, cutting. I, I,
1: it seems like cutting. Like maybe they make pictures and then cut out the silhouettes. I I, I couldn't tell you, but yeah, that, cutting that out would really make your hand hurt. I, I can I can agree with her uh,
0: criticisms. And and Agnes it but you know Agnes is all dressed up and she's shepherding no Skinner we're going out tonight and they you know she I through sheer basically like pushiness she obscures the truth from Skinner. He calls her a master of deception, which I not she's not that. I, all you have to do
1: is yell at somebody for asking questions and you're a master of deception.
0: I mean it works. That's all you got to do. She you, she she is a master of deception for, for her son. Well, yeah, because he's a weenie. He's our weenie, Matt. Come on. <laughs> he is. Uh, we see Lisa and Ralph's presentation about Skinner and his career and his life. So
2: in 1966, a brave young man named Seymour Skinner enlisted and shipped out to Vietnam where he rose to become platoon sergeant. Ralph? Principal Skinner is an old man who lives at the school. Lisa? Sergeant Skinner was a hero. He risked capture many times behind enemy lines. Teacher made me go to Principal Skinner's office when I was dirty. And he survived to make it back to Springfield, where he became the fine educator we salute tonight. When I grow up, I want to be a principal or a caterpillar. I love you, Principal Skinner. They call him Skinner. Skinner!
0: Taste of the, of the event, and and we see. Yeah, it, it sounds so wonderful and fun. I, I I could not wait to be in that audience. To be honest with you, I mean, they they do a good job. I think of establishing that Skinner he is honestly very happy with the night. He is he is pleased by all the kids singing and the presentation and everything going on. He he is genuinely happy there. For now, for now, because just as he goes up. To make a speech, the real Seymour Skinner shows up.
4: I have never been happier or prouder to be Seymour Skinner.
3: You're not Seymour Skinner. Skinner. Skinner? I'm Skinner. Seymour? i Mother! She's my mother! Will someone remove that crazy man, please? No, no,
4: he's... he's not crazy. It's true, I'm... I'm an imposter. That man is the real Seymour Skinner.
3: Keep looking shocked and move slowly
1: towards the cake. At least Homer has his priorities in order. <laughs> I don't know what he's going to use to eat it because only Wiggum brought a fork and a plate, but, you know, Homer probably eaten one bite. He eats like a duck.
0: You got hands, Matt. What do you mean? What are you going to eat it with? Cake is kind of messy, you know. You
1: know, I'm 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 a neat guy. I like to have you know something to keep we're, the, we're not, the mess away. We're not from talk, me.
0: well. One, I mean, if it's a desperate situation, I will happily eat cake with my hands. Two, we're not talking that's about true. you. We're talking about Homer Simpson, who well, that's what I'm saying he just slide the cake into his throat like well, a duck. It's not his mouth isn't that big. He can't feel... It depends, What kind of cake are we talking about? Like a regular cake? I, cake? I assume sheet like, cake, yeah, like a
1: sheet cake kind of cake. Sheet
0: cake. I don't. That's too big. Yep. I don't care if Homer's not. She like, sells sheet cakes by the sheet shore. Exactly. Like that. Yes, that like that classic nursery rhyme we all remember. Tongue twister. But as the real Seymour Skinner presents himself, we go to commercial. And when we
1: come back, we see uh, basically a recap of what has just happened. Now let's clear this up. Who exactly are you? Sergeant Seymour
3: Skinner, U.S. Army.
4: It's true. I was in his platoon. But they said you were killed on that scouting mission.
3: No, just captured. It's kind of a funny story, really. After five years in a secret POW camp, I was sold to China for slave labor. And since 77, I've been making sneakers at gunpoint in a sweatshop in Wuhan. That's not a funny story. Well, I guess you had to be there. Anyhow, the UN shut the factory down last week, and the embassy shipped me home. And here I am. So what's your story, Seymour, if that is your real name? Well, obviously it isn't.
4: My real name is Armin Tamzarian. I'm an orphan from Capital City, and those who recall my fight to outlaw teenage rudeness may be shocked to learn that I myself was once a street punk. Oh yeah, the way I was headed it was just a matter of time before I wound up in front of a judge. They gave me a choice, jail, the army, or apologizing to the judge and the old lady. You know, of course, if I'd known there was a war going on, I probably would have apologized.
1: So, yeah, Uh, as we find out, uh, basically, Armin Tamzarian doesn't. Pay much attention to the news, but generally when an apology is offered as something you could do, uh, especially for uh, some of my major crimes, it's generally the option to take. You know, Apologies don't cost anything, and they don't run the risk of getting killed, usually.
0: He's a street tough, Matt. Come on, man. You can't apologize. He believes in what he does. Man, a principle. Uh, huh Get it?
1: It's the principle of the thing. hmm So. He hasn't changed. Uh, at this point, we go to... Uh, we go to a flashback of Skinner and Tamzarian in Vietnam, uh, where Tamzarian has decided that uh, he wants to pick a fight with the North Vietnamese over them messing with his hair, which doesn't seem like the best way to spend a war. But hey, you never know. Uh, Skinner saves his life and basically tells him that, you know, there's more to life than your hair. <laughs> which I probably should have captured this, but I had a lot of clips otherwise. Uh, But Skinner goes through what the corniest thing I have ever heard about wanting to be a elementary school principal, fresh faced youngsters skipping to school uh, skin and knees and spelling bees. And I I swear it's a speech from something. Do you know?
0: I mean, it's I don't think it's directly from something. I think I mean, it's just I think very reminiscent of a lot of speeches from film that are the one that, that it reminds me of mostly is bull durham which is a slightly different tact of a speech but still very much like i believe <laughs> i believe in these things you know and i don't care that it sounds dumb i just i believe in them because i'm this kind of guy and but i mean you there is in i'm sure there's lots more places that this kind of speech has been used but i don't think it's directly stealing from something i think it's just like reminiscent of a many things
1: yeah, it's basically this guy saying, hey, you know what was great? America in the 50s, as long as you were male, white, and mostly rich. Well, um, And that's what I'm going
0: to go back and do. I mean, that's I – we're going to, I think, touch on that a little bit, but, you know, real Seymour yeah. Skinner is from a different world. He really is.
1: And, okay, we'll get into it later. Anyway, uh, at at one point, however, uh, new
0: Skinner goes on a scouting here, mission it, it, is it, it, Matt, lost. Here, let's, let's, let's clear this up right at this moment. As long as there's two of them in the episode, the real Seymour Skinner is just Seymour Skinner. The old Seymour Skinner is Armin Tamzarian. All right. I just like saying real Skinner and new Skinner.
1: <laughs> new, Skinner new Skinner is like new Coke. Uh, it, it, the flavor didn't go over well with people, so they had to roll it back and go back to old Skinner. Uh. So, uh, yeah, so, I guess uh, so. Original Seymour Skinner, Uh went missing on the scouting mission. He was presumed dead. And it was up to Armin Tamzarian to inform Agnes, his mother. Sergeant Skinner meant the world to me, and I,
4: I felt it was my duty to deliver the grim news to his mother. <clears throat> Hello, I'm, uh, I'm...
2: Seymour, is that you?
4: I don't know why I did what I did. I guess I couldn't bear to tell her about her son. What I did was wrong, but I'd do it again. Yes, Mother, it's me!
2: You look different somehow. But you must be Seymour. Yes, you are Seymour.
4: As strange as it sounds, deep down I think she knew I wasn't her son. But a lie made us both happier than the truth ever could have.
2: You can have some lima beans as soon as you cleaned your room. Go! Upstairs. Third door on the left. Don't walk on the rugs.
4: Yes, mother. Don't judge her too harshly, Sergeant. She was a lonely old woman. If you must blame someone, blame me.
3: Well, that's pretty much what I was planning to do there, Armin.
0: <laughs> so, yes. Uh,
1: Agnes knew pretty much straight away. She's like, oh, this guy? I can totally push him around. He'll be a much
0: better side. Well, I, I think this episode does... I, I haven't watched it in a while. And watching this again, it, it there's obviously this is a very contentious episode. A lot of people really don't like it. Uh, and I certainly think there are bad Simpsons episodes. I don't think this is one of them. I think it's very interesting. I think it. we rarely see real character from Agnes. It's very...
1: I'm Skinner more so than Agnes, but you're right. Agnes is almost never...
0: Yeah, she's just kind of the bossy old lady stereotype 95% of the time.
1: I would say 99 literally it's this episode and the one where she hangs out with or she goes out with comic book guy. That's
0: it. I was trying to be generous, Matt, but you're probably right. Uh, <laughs> so in this is, I think, I mean, like we see a woman who we understand their relationship now and how, how it has always been on the show. You know, she certainly is basically dominates Skinner's life, you know, in every time, at any time he wants to do anything outside of her, He has to push really hard to do so and to change what's acceptable in their relationship. But you always get a sense is that she acts this way because she truly loves him. I I don't, I never got a different way. She's just that type of woman. And this moment where he comes to give her the news. Oh, your son's probably dead. uh, And she sees that coming and cuts it off by thinking, no, but no, you're my son. And then there is no and I, there's not like any gray area here she is clearly aware that it is not really her son
1: yeah also when someone
0: shows up to your house with a folded american flag it's pretty obvious what's going on and she's like yeah this his room is this is where his room was yeah. and it's it is a clear i I don't know that that's a very interesting character choice for her to have a moment where she could be challenged by the death of her son but instead she chooses to adopt a new one and skinner could have easily or Aryan could have easily said, No, I'm not your I'm sorry, I'm not no uh not your son. Your son was my sergeant, he was my 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 uh commanding officer, and he's missing an action. Um but he doesn't. And it's that point they kind of enter into this bond where they are both looking for something. Skinner is looking for I mean, he says he grew up uh, Tamsarian, I'm doing the same thing. Tamsarian <laughs> saying he grew up an orphan. He's obviously like this is the first time he has a chance at a mother. And Agnes, out of fear and and I don't who knows, all, many lots of emotion about maybe having her son gone and now like afraid to face that. And instead of facing that, she chooses to create a a new mother son relationship with this new person and just. And just ignore the reality of the thing. Well, yeah, I mean,
1: she was basically facing a, a you know world in which she's alone for the rest of her life, and all she really had was her son, as far as we know, anyway. Uh, this seems like a better option for both her and Skinner or Aaron.
0: <laughs> it's hard. It's fine. We know, they we everyone knows who we're talking about for the most part. I think. Yeah. We. But uh, I don't. I I think that it, that in and of itself, even if you, even if like I I think some of the. Meta commentary and, and stuff in this. Some of it I think is really good, and some of it I think misses the mark a little bit. But this, in this alone, this Agnes and Skinner relationship stuff, ignoring how the episode ends, basically, I still think this is enough for me to make this episode worthwhile to watch and to like value as not necessarily a great episode, but as an important one and a, an interesting one. And it's something that contributes, like, contributes something. It's not I don't, like. There's a lot of episodes I feel like are completely empty. I think this episode does not. I think even if you don't like all that other stuff, I think this part in and of itself is really worthwhile and valuable.
1: I would agree. I mean, like you said, this episode, a lot of people remember it non-fondly. But when you look at it, it really seems like a really good character study of Skinner and Agnes. And, you know, the ending is... (laughs) I don't want to say bad, but weird. Let's say weird. Uh, but other than that, it's actually a, a pretty decent episode. Like we'll see how where it goes when we rank it. But you know, I liked it. So where were we at? I believe uh, Tamzarian had just come home and basically absorbed the life of Seymour Uh However, in the present, uh, Agnes claims that she never knew. It's like a dagger
0: through her heart. <laughs> So she's doing some pretty, pretty good acting there because everyone seems to buy it. Well, I I li- and I like this moment too because she's torn between these two men and one is a, what she one's a fraud and one's a stranger. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, like it, it that is a real and like what she says she claims she didn't know. Well, eventually if you tell yourself a lie enough times over like 26 years of, of it, it it becomes the truth. There's no like it it, like eventually your your memories are just going to compensate and change to say, no, this is oh No. What do you mean? A lot. Yeah. I mean, this is obviously a betrayal. This man came home as my son, but then he lied to me. I mean, which is true. He did lie.
1: Well, yeah, but I don't know. That's why you take into account the motivation when sentencing for a crime is because, you know, if you're some crazy person who just wants to kill people, that's different than if, you know. You, it was an accident. That's the way I have manslaughter versus murder. Well, I mean, this and, and, was the manslaughter equivalent
0: of the, you know uh, identity fraud. It, I mean, in the U.S. at least, crimes well, work different work, crimes work different ways in different places. In some places, you just get killed for everything. Well, I mean, I I think there's I even in theoretically first world countries, uh, civilized countries, whatever, however you'd like to describe it. Intent is not always as intent is more or less important, depending on where, where the crime is committed, where you're being tried. Yeah.
1: So I don't know. Agnes seems very upset. Uh, she is. She is upset. Tamsarian uh, is generously offered by Chalmers to spend the night on his office floor, which he does. And uh, then apparently oversleeps the next morning. I guess he forgot to bring his alarm clock with him. Uh, but Bart comes in. He forged his, his forged Homer's name on something. I forget why it's not important. And basically tells uh, Tamzarian, "Hey, if you punish me for this, you're being super hypocritical because you basically forged your entire life for the last twenty years." And of course, uh, Tamzarian, being the weenie that he is, uh, agrees with Bart and says, "Oh, you have to write a thirty-word essay." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's like two whole sentences. Jeez. <laughs> that's,
0: yeah, it's not much of an essay, even even yeah. for a fourth grader. That I don't maybe like a hundred. I think that'd be I think closer to appropriate. Probably, but Bart gets off easy, essentially,
1: and he mm-hmm. even insults Tamzarian as he leaves. Uh, we then see uh, Tamzarian at the Quickie Mart. He's about to write a check, and he's like, what What name do I write? And Apu, being a Apu, says, he does not care. <laughs> Sign up with an X for all the hell he cares. Uh, and Tamzarian makes the point that he's still the same person they've known for the past 20 years. And Marge comes up and says, no, you're not, which... Yeah, Marge, that's how identity works.
0: You you are who you... You, you are well, judged by your actions, not by your name. Well, you say that, Matt. But that's not necessarily true. People are not rational. and well, this no, is... people are stupid. <laughs> hey, thesis. Thesis of the Simpsons. <laughs> uh, we're, I mean, this is the, a part of the episode where people are reacting to this change in the status quo of their lives. And I think this is part of the... This whole episode is trying to be a, a meta meta textual commentary on change in television. A change in the status quo of television and I get and also reactions to proposed and supposed change on television. And I think it it's really a dial it I, I don't know, it's not really a dialogue, but I, I think it's a reaction to we've touched on it in and I think this is in a sort of way, like a sequel to the itchy and scratchy and poochie show, where I think that episode was kind of a reaction to fans. I think this episode is, is another, the next chapter in that kind of, in that kind of story. If you want to call it that at all, it's mm-hmm. the, them trying to say like, you know, we spent all last season of season eight talking about, it feels like this is a show that is about to end. It feels like a lot of it feels like, Even Like, in the show, it feels very much like these are the things shows do as they're getting to the end of their lifespan. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just the the way things are. Eventually, you run out of ideas when you have a a smaller, you know, a select cast of any show. You run out of things you can do with them. They've done everything. Uh, And this is is also in the uh, Oakley and Weinstein production run. So they are still showrunners in this. They haven't segued out of it yet. And this feels very much like that kind of episode where you just, who cares about the rules? What does it matter? This show is going to be over in a season. We can, fin- like, let's just do <laughs> some crazy thing. And I think, I mean, that they've gone on record and saying, this is an experiment. That's all it was. It's not meant to be some big grand thing. It was just some weird idea they had. Let's try it. We think the show's going to be ending soon. Let's just go for it. And I admire that. Well, yeah. What Sorry. Know what, what you're saying?
1: No, I was basically going to agree with you. It, it, Like you said, this episode is... is This season, especially, is also filled with meta-commentary on what it means to be The Simpsons. Like, what? who are these characters? Let's really get down and dig into them more because, you know, this is... We, we've established ourselves as having, you know, good social commentary. We're all about the parody. Uh, we, we have lots of laughs, but we're also, you know... We have emotional beats like most sitcoms. We just deliver them better. And these seasons, since 8 and 9 are more, like, pushing that through to, like, hey, we want to examine what we've done here now,
0: and it's, like I said, it's the thing that you do at the end, and it turned out to not be the end for them. No, not even close. But, I, I mean, they are showing us that by showing these different people, like, Bart reacting, and Apu reacting, and Marge, and, and, and Edna Krabappel, and Agnes, all of them who have these ties to Skinner, and I, I mean, and they bring the family in to make it, to connect that. You it, know, It's not just Agnes and Edna doing it. It is... Homer and Marge and the the kids are all there, which they, again, that is a tenuous thing, but they point it out purposely. Like, yes. But I think that's just to show you that this is more about the show than necessarily really about, like, it's also, or also about the show, more than it's also about the relationship of these characters in the show. But it feels like this episode is trying to say, this is what it's like trying to make real changes in a show like this. Trying to change, and like, we have touched on the news group reviews over the last seven years of the show, ever since the news group existed. And especially like post season four, it has constantly been, I love it. I hate it. And yeah. there's a certain, there's it's true there's a certain part of the audience at this time that wanted real, some wanted what they remembered. Some wanted something completely different. They wanted substantive changes. And it, you know, there's people tearing things in completely different directions. And I think this episode is just kind of exploring the idea of, like, it's not that easy to make a substantive change to a show like this that is built around resets to the status quo without also upsetting a large portion of the audience. And, like, they're caught between a rock and a hard place.
1: Well, yeah, I think that actually applies now especially because like we keep saying we want to see the simpsons take a few more risks or either go back to something you know more interesting because like, they're on currently on season 28 going into season 29 coming up soon and i think they've pretty much had to regress back to the mean because they're really concerned about losing viewers
0: and i i think that that context even makes this episode probably better in in uh, retrospect like, I think looking back on it and then looking at what The Simpsons went on to, it makes this episode more, I don't know, more, what's the word I'm looking for? More relevant. I think mm, it makes the, uh, the episode makes the episode more relevant. But, I mean, th- that's all that. It, I mean, like, I don't know. Marge is, uh, uh, she's not right, necessarily. Like, yeah, Skinner isn't really he's been that guy for 20 plus years he's not suddenly because you he changes his name mm. he's not a different person but people react to that if so, like think about all the the things when people think about the simple like the 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 uproar about like it, i think it's become a little less of a big deal nowadays of people like entertainers changing their name but back in the day it used to be more controversial and it's it, it's Look at Cassius Clay changes his name to Muhammad Ali. Is that a different man? See, he, he's the same guy. He's the same guy. I mean, you may listen to that name and think, "Oh, obviously he's
1: changed," but no. I mean, he was probably that same person before. Maybe now he's going in a slightly different direction and wants his name to uh, project that, but he's still the same person.
0: And but people don't think like that. People think, "Oh, no. he's changed his name. How?" I mean, there's a lot of other context in the Muhammad Ali case, but I I mean, I think there is a gut reaction to people that the name comes first. There's all, I mean, we could talk a long time about uh, p- political uh, subtexts about names and how there's still a lot of things caught up in that. But I think it, this is just trying to portray that very simple thing and that they are encountering someone. I mean, they're treating it like it's happened in, like, I think that's a, one of the, complaints I have about this episode is that it, I don't think it's perfect and I think it doesn't hit the correct tone it's really going for because I feel like the character stuff does kind of throw uh, like a wrench in the works a little bit with trying to also nail the meta commentary there they don't they're not in sync necessarily Uh, I, I think it's not I don't think it's it doesn't tell you it doesn't like acknowledge what it's doing I think that in Homer's Enemy, it's all but clear that for the most episode, Frank Grimes is talking directly to the audience. Right. In this episode, in this episode, it's never really clear about like, hey, we're trying to actually communicate this idea about how hard it is to change the show. And I don't think that's ever effectively communicated. I don't think they connect all those dots. And I think that's it's a little bit confusing, a little bit, uh, a little bit weird with how the tone shifts from very heartfelt and serious to, like, a crazy, really insane ending. And I think, I don't know, that's where I understand some of the criticism. I It it, it doesn't, it's kind of a really big idea, and I don't think this is nearly as tight as Homer's Enemy is or Itchy and Scratching Poochie Show is. I feel like this is... I don't know, it's still good, but I feel like there's a little bit, little tiny things around the edges that could have really connected those dots better and made it make sense without having to, like, really think about it and analyze it and read commentary and stuff like that. That's true. And,
1: and also, I feel it's ever slightly because it's focusing on a character who is not part of the core cast. And whereas Homer's Enemy was all about Homer and, you know... Kind of Frank Grimes. It was was Homer's interaction with Frank Grimes, and, uh, you know, the Itchy and Scratchy Poochie show was similar. It was was Homer being involved in this, and where this probably suffers from people like, I want to – I came in to to watch The Simpsons, not about some guy who turns out he's not the real guy. I worry people are that shallow, Uh, which they probably are.
0: We'll touch a little bit on that when we get to the news group section.
1: Oh, okay. Fair enough. So basically, Marge goes off on a speech about how it's completely different because – his name has changed, so therefore he's a, he's a completely different person to them. Uh, and she has the core of a point because she's like, oh, you changed your name. And it, maybe it's not the name change, but it's the fact that he was lying to them for so long. But I feel like that's – you lie to somebody for you know a day, a week, maybe even a month. It's like, okay, you lied to me. That's a big deal. But you lied to somebody for 20 years, that's actually less of a deal because – they still you, – you can't keep up a facade like that for 20 years. If they found out, oh, he's also an axe murderer that he's been covering up with this identity for years, that's a big deal. But if you just lied about you know, your name and background for 20 years, which you've been this person, that, at that point you've become that person. So Marge has a, a tiny inkling of a point, but it, she, she misses the actual underlying core issue. But that's Marge for you. I, I, I think the writers don't agree with Marge in this case, but they're putting – her in as a substitute for what the average person would probably think, like you said. Mm-hmm. But at this point, we have a press conference. Well, you know, a school assembly. The closest thing to a press conference, Springfield will probably get to involving uh, Tamzarian or Skinner. And Skinner has a very large announcement for the town, or Tamzarian, I guess.
4: I've called this assembly to announce my retirement, effective as of the end of this sentence. This sentence I'm speaking. Right now. Period. I wrongfully usurped Sergeant Skinner's position, and I suggest you consider him to replace me. Thank you.
3: Well, now, I don't know. Skinner, do you know anything about being a principal? Well, it's been my lifelong ambition, and if a man pretending to be me could do it, well, then, logically, the real me must be far more qualified. Good enough. Armin Tamzarian's reign of terror is over. Now, let us welcome our new Principal Skinner, Principal Seymour
0: Skinner, Uh, him.
1: I have to point out that that is some of the worst logic I've ever heard.
0: Well, I mean, I I think that is a little tip of the hat towards like this isn't this doesn't really make any sense. And giving this man like changing the, the role of this. To just change it, putting everything in his life, in Skinner's, in in, in Tamsarian's life as Skinner, to the new Skinner, to the real Skinner, is nonsensical. And this, I don't know if this is intentional or not, this just makes me think of when old sitcoms uh, would change core actors, and we are pretend not, we're supposed to not, we're supposed to ignore it. How many Darren's were on bewitched that's good question there that's that kind of thing it, and that makes me that's what it makes me think of it makes me think of like shows do this thing sometimes and it's not like this doesn't happen anymore because I mean they the whatever the new Kevin James show is literally they are killing off his wife just to put in uh what's her face from King of Queens really wow which is the craziest thing in the world they've had one season of a sitcom and they're like well you know what worked? King of Queens. Let's just do that again. What do we have to do? Oh, his old wife is going to die, and then he's going to get a new wife. That is that's just how that works. That's so. just uh, what's-her-face from King of Queens. Oh, I my fr- gosh. I, uh, wow. Leah Leah Ramini? Is that her name? Yeah. 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 Anti-Scientology per- uh, lady, um, which I applaud. But th- they're still doing it, sort of. They're just like, hey, yep, uh, don't look over here. We're just going to transfer yeah. it over just gonna move, wave your hands. You'll yeah, never notice. Yeah, just uh, look over there. Hey, there's something over there. And just whoop, whoop. And yeah. I think that's. I mean, that's what it feels like to me in this in situation. It, it's supposed to feel flimsy. It's supposed to feel dumb. And like everyone's reactions to it immediately are like, "Oh wait, this is actually bad, isn't it? This is not. <laughs> this is a weird. It, it doesn't
1: matter how bad it is as long as it makes money.
0: What? <laughs> but also, I mean. In the show, I it feels very much like it feels like, what's the right thing to do? Well, the right thing to do is give the new Skinner a chance to reclaim his life, so to speak. But it kind of fails immediately, really.
1: Yeah, they don't have enough time. If this was like a two-part episode, which, have The Simpsons ever done a two-part episode? I don't think so.
0: Oh, you mean except for who shot Mr. Burns and for, uh... Oh, yeah. There's also, uh, was it Kill Kill Gill? Is that two-parter, I believe? Really? That was a two-parter? Huh. I thought it was. Well, it's it's uncommon enough. But like like you said,
1: if they had focused more on that part of it rather than like because the first act is it's kind of long, and the second act is actually pretty long of Skinner making the decision to leave uh because he can't handle life in the same town. If they had decided to spend more time on, you know, what Tamzarian does now that he's not Skinner anymore that would have probably been more interesting, made it for a stronger episode, but it's just not where they chose to put their focus.
0: Kill Gill is not a two-parter. It just is titled Kill Gill Volumes 1 and 2, which uh, every time I see it, I go, wait, what? Um, no, I think that, I don't know, it it feels very much like, here, we're going to show you what change is, and, they, and, and to do it, and they do it as quickly as possible. It's just like, hey, swap them right back. Hmm. There you go.
1: So, anyway, uh, at this point, Skinner has said that he's not going to hang around anymore. He's leaving. Uh, he gives Skinner the uh, his battery of the month club because it has his name on it. Uh, and uh, a Canadian uh, – was it a coin or a dollar b- or bill? Some sort of Canadian money from – as a souvenir of his trip to upstate New York. Why you would hand that off to somebody else, I I couldn't tell you. But apparently Tamsarian felt it was important. I mean and a Canadian coin
0: point, is a dollar, man.
1: Well, okay. It's a, I, thought he, I thought he said ten dollars, but whatever.
0: I don't know. A, a dollar, a dollar in in Canada is a loony. Yeah, it's, it's a coin, it's just a like coin. everywhere else. And the two dollar bill is yeah. also a coin. Well, good for you. It's called I'm a toonie change. They uh, have loonies and toonies. Oh, Canada! <laughs> <laughs> they also have garburators. I don't. That, I live right where it says that's the thing. I've never heard anyone use that word. <laughs> I wondered if you looked at that. I saw that. Okay. I don't. We're I don't. Good. I don't believe that. When I hear yeah. someone say it, but I've never heard anyone How often call Canada talk about their garbage disposals. Come I on, don't really, I guess I don't really have an opportunity to talk about garbage disposals with an average, you know, my neighbors or anything. So who knows? Maybe it, maybe they but do call it. Say, hey, is the carburetor clogged. I'm not gonna. No, I don't go want to talk person. about Matt. This is making me uncomfortable. I don't like talking about carburetors.
1: All right, fair enough. Uh at this point we kind of see that Skinner is not really mad at Tamzarian. Uh he, he just he wants his life back and unfortunately Tamzarian has to go in order for that to happen. Uh we also see that Agnes has poached a fish uh to send along with Tamzarian even though she didn't debone it, which seems to negate the
0: point, but sure. Well, uh, I I mean I, I really like this little interaction. I think it's really Oh, I I love it. It's so great. It's re- I mean I think that poaching the fish thing is a really little, little, like a little interesting symbol about how she feels about him and that she still cares about him because she gave him something to eat, but it's also like a fish. It's kind of gross. Like just a poached fish is probably not going to be really delicious and has bones in it. Like, it's very much like I still care about you and we spent a lot of time together, but I feel weird about it now because our, the lie that we kind of told ourselves has kind of been exposed and I don't know what to do. And that they have like a little side hug, where they both just kind of stare ahead for just a split second. Like, their eyes go wide, and they split. And, like, I really, the animation, I think, is not ever really touched on in this, and the facial acting. I think it is really good, especially in this little scene, because it really delivers the awkward situation these people are in. Like, what do we do now? Like, I I guess I'm going to leave. Bye. Yeah, well, it's one of those
1: things that happens a lot in, in shows where, you know, or even in life where two people have feelings, but for some reason they can't get them out. And it's probably because, you know, the real Skinner is standing right there. Uh, but it shows you that their their relationship is, is important to both of them. They both got something wonderful out of it. And we'll get more into that, you know, in, in Act 3. Um, but at this point, Tamzarian leaves. Agnes says, you know, goodbye. Like I said, they hug. Uh, and then Tamzarian goes to say goodbye to Mrs. Krabappel.
4: Good evening, Edna. I know we were planning to see a film tonight, but instead I'm leaving town forever.
3: No, please. I don't care what you've done. You're still a decent, honorable man.
4: Mm. That's the kind of talk that makes me want to marry you. Oh. But instead, I'm leaving town forever. Goodbye. <laughs> Well, it's time to pick up where I left off, as a no-good street
2: punk. Principal Skinner? Up
4: yours, children.
1: So, yes, apparently Armin Tamzarian has kept his motorcycle in tip-top working condition all these years, and rather than trying to continue the life he had for himself somewhere else, which is something that seems well within his capabilities. He decides to go back to his old life because that makes sense.
0: I mean, none of this makes sense, Matt. You can't really, I don't think that's a good criteria for uh fair enough. Fair enough. I don't, it, it is all he can do in this situation. Yeah, it is. To... I mean,
1: well, no, no, he could be like, Oh, I'm going to move to the next town. I'm going to move to Shelbyville and I'm going to be Armin Tamzarian, their high school or their uh, elementary school principal.
0: But that's not what the universe dictates. Of course. That is the universe is the universe has dictated that Tamsarian returns to that old identity. Not and not just the name, but to the person he was before he became Seymour Skinner. Yep. So he has it's not, he doesn't have a choice in the matter. It is explicitly like Seymour, the real Seymour Skinner has returned and becomes him. So now he must see that identity to him and go back to his old one. That all Well, all, you, you
1: can't make new identities. That's crazy. You well, can only take other people's.
0: I mean, he's already done it once. And Armin Tamzarian was – that's who Ar- Armin Tamsarian was. Like, until he became Seymour Skinner, that's not that guy. And it's just – I think it's – if you want to try and justify it in the universe, I mean, I think it's just him – I think it's just Tamzarian kind of falling back on what he knew himself to be when he was Armin Tamsarian which we have said that yeah. name so many yeah. times. I do want to point this out. There is a real man named Armin Tamzarian that that uh that uh oh who was it? I just had this too. Um Ken Keeler, the writer knew, he was a claims adjuster for him when he first moved to California and now he is a let's see, Armin Tamzarian is now a LA County Superior Court judge.
1: Interesting. Good for him.
0: Who was a little alarmed when he watched the Simpsons and learned his name was in yeah. it. Huh. Huh. But that's all I I just wanted to point that out cuz I think that's a really interesting fact cuz that's a, a real person's name it's not spelled the same though but uh hey, so interesting yeah um what do we, what happens next Matt? Uh we go to a commercial. Oh, okay. Um we start to see we we see the real Seymour Skinner adjust to his life and but more more we see the residents of Springfield adjust to him. They adjust to this new status quo, and they don't really like it. Um, he is obviously a former military man and kind of obnoxious and kind of annoying. And I, it's not that he's a, a awful person. He's not like he's terribly rude or insulting or anything to to, to people, like, overtly. It's all little, subtle, small things.
1: Well, yeah, he just—he's basically has PTSD. He's lived in a slave labor camp for most of his life, and you know when he went over there, men and women acted a certain way. When he came back, everything's different.
0: Yes, uh, Lisa uh, tries to bring up a point about how Skinner is—I mean, Tim Zarian was still technically the same person—and uh, then we get an interesting, discuss- interesting discussion about Stench Blossoms.
2: I admit Sergeant Skinner seems okay, but Mr. Tamsarian pulled himself up from the streets and earned our respect and admiration. He lied about his name. His name doesn't matter. A rose by any other name would smell as sweet. Not if you called him stench blossoms.
3: Or crap weeds.
2: I'm sure I'd take out a dozen crap weeds for Valentine's Day. I'd
0: rather have candy.
1: Not if they were called scum drops. <laughs> that is excellent. I, I love that exchange every I, time I watch this episode.
0: I would. Hey, if it still tastes
1: good, I'd eat a scum drop. Well, true. I mean, it's, it's like Harry Potter candy. And I mean, uh,
0: if, if something's called a scum drop, you're immediately going to go, hmm, I need to see if it's really weird. tastes. I need, I need to try to, this. I need to try it and see if it's really bad. Um, but we see the, we see Skinner at the new, the real Skinner at school. Uh, Bart is behaves like himself and does not uh, recite the proper Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, Skinner is rude to Krabappel. Or slightly rude, somewhat rude, just a little bit rude. It's not again. It's nothing terrible. It's just a little bit. It's weird, a little bit off. He's a different kind of weenie, as they touch on later on. Um, <laughs> Tanzarian, now in capital city, takes a job as a a sh- a, a, a shouter. <laughs> Basically, well, he's wearing a breadboard shouting about strip clubs, you know, what yes, you do in uh, Capital City. Yes, about uh, about how women at this particular place are the best women to to leer at. Even uh, he's not good yes, at it. They he's want a, your calls and hoots. He's a very bad at this job. Uh, Skinner is not a good he's not good at yelling. Uh, You know, he's not a good salesman, I guess, because that's what really the job is. He's not a good salesman. No, he's a very bad salesman. No, uh, we cu- we and we're cutting back and forth between the two, and it's it's kind of showing us how Springfield is adjusting to the new to to new, the new real Seymour Skinner and how Tim's there and he's trying to adjust to being his old life again. Um, we see in particular we focus in on the real Seymour Skinner and his relationship with Agnes. Seymour,
2: it's seven thirty. Where were you?
0: A bar, Mom.
2: I don't know what that is. But on Fridays, you come straight home after school. Tonight is silhouette night. Sit there.
3: I really just came home to change into a turtleneck.
2: Seymour,
3: sit! In the morning. Oh, Mom, I'm borrowing your car.
0: I really oh like my gosh. <laughs> bars and turtlenecks. <laughs> it's like he's a real adult. I know. That's that's the thing. It's He acts... Like an uh, an average middle-aged man. And Agnes is not prepared for that. This is not the Skinner she knows. You know, this is uh, some stranger. And well, she wants a 12-year-old. That's what she wants. And a weenie 12-year-old with that. Kind of. Yeah, I mean, she wants what she's comfortable with. I think that is the most important point. She wants what she knows and what she likes. And this new thing, she doesn't want to have to learn and adjust to this new thing. She likes the old thing. She likes the thing that's comfortable. And I think this is an, another clear kind of message to viewers, to people who want, hey, I want the show to be new, but I also like this real old comfortable thing. Why? I want both. Give me, don't, I I, I want both of those things at the same time. And it doesn't, you can't necessarily do that. No, um, no you, you get a compromise. Uh, we get Marge, Agnes, and Edna at the grocery store and they commiserate. And, and then they go Then they go decide to get Armin back.
2: That child is the most disobedient, smart-alecky, middle-aged man in creation. Hello, ladies. Is this the line for people who want bad badmouth Sergeant Skinner? And have ten items or less. Twelve, eleven, ten. The man's a weenie. Oh, well, now be fair, Edna. I liked Armin Tamzarian too. But he was at least as big a weenie as Sergeant Skinner.
3: But he was our weenie.
2: Now there was a weenie you could be proud to call your son.
3: Did you ever tell him that? Hmm. Okay, once more. Where are we going?
2: To Capital City.
3: Why are you and the old lady in the car?
2: We're going to talk Armand Tamsarian into coming back.
3: And why is Marge here? I came
2: up with the idea.
3: And why am I here?
2: Because the streets of Capital City are no place for three unescorted ladies.
3: And why are the kids here? Because we couldn't find Grandpa to sit for them. And why is Grandpa here? Jasper didn't want to come by himself.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> just ignore that. Um, uh huh. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I, I. That's how quickly things change.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know if I would consider Sergeant Skinner a weenie. He just seems like a guy. No, Tamzarian. Tamzarian's a weenie.
0: Yeah, but. He, I, I don't know. It's all about what you consider the word we need to mean, Matt. It, you know, it's a flexible word. It can mean lots of different things, right? I suppose. You suppose. Okay. Um, there's nine people in that station wagon as well. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. I don't want to be. Mean... I don't want to be in a car with that many people at the same time. I mean, capital city's not that far away, so it's. I think it's. It's fine. Um. Not to mention three children and three elderly people
1: that can't smell very good.
0: <laughs> oh, that's a, a rude, nasty stereotype. There's plenty of elderly people who smell fine. Well, I was, I was thinking more of the kids, especially a baby with a diaper and all. But uh, You just you hold know. her out the window. <laughs> that's a good idea. Michael Jackson. That, was, that wasn't a moving car, but sure. Uh, yeah. They get to capital city. They find Armin Tamsarian, and uh, basically Agnes bullies him into coming back.
4: My mind is made up. I'm not coming back, and that's final.
0: Oh,
3: Seymour.
4: And I'm not Seymour. My name is Armin. This is Armin's apartment, Armin's liquor, Armin's copy of Swank, Armin's frozen peas.
3: Can I see your copy of Swank, Armin? Yes, you
4: can. This is Armin's life, and maybe it's not perfect, but at least I'm back where I belong. I was born a no-goodnik, and I'll die a no-goodnik.
2: Seymour! Seymour! I didn't bring you up to use language like that. Well,
4: you didn't bring me up at all.
2: The hell I didn't. I've been taking care of you for 26 years. I'm the only mother you've ever known.
4: But you have your real son.
2: You're my real son. You've been my son longer than he has, and he doesn't need me, and I don't need him. Now you march yourself downstairs and get in that car.
1: Yes, mother.
2: And the rest
0: of you, too. Yes, Yes, Mrs. Skinner.
1: It's amazing how much you can get when you just yell at people.
0: (laughs) Well, I think, to be fair she makes a perfect, like everything she says is a 100% correct.
1: That's true. Also, I, it's funny funny that she says, Oh, uh, I've raised you for 26 years, but it's only his 20th anniversary at the school. What was he doing for those first six years?
0: Uh, uh, assistant principal. Oh, okay. Makes sense. Working his way into the position.
1: (laughs) He started as groundskeeper. He was the groundskeeper before Willie.
0: Yeah, sure. And then he, then he pulled himself up by his bootstraps and became principal of the, the school. Um, she's right. She's, she is effectively. He never had a real, he never had a mother, right? He was an orphan. She's, she's raised him just because those happened after he became an adult. Doesn't make them any less relevant. He, the new skin skinner doesn't need her whatsoever. And I think that's a vital part to her life. Um. Clearly, Tamsarian is not happy in capital city is not. His life doesn't look to be out. So great. And I think it was just a fallback position because it's all he knew before that he only, he's only known two lives so he added, he defaulted back to the old one when the new one didn't work out. Yeah. But it also is like, just, just like, yeah, she likes him more. It doesn't matter what the quote unquote truth is. She likes the old, she likes our Skinner more. She likes Tamzarian as Skinner more and everyone else does too. I think most of the town prefers him or does not care as we will soon discover. Um, yeah. Tamzarian is brought back into town. Homer gathers everyone at the school. And I basically spoiled the last two minutes of the episode because I like it all, and it doesn't make much sense to cut it up. But it's, uh, yeah. so it's a little bit of a longer clip, but I think it's all good.
3: Everybody, look! Armin Tamzarian's back, and he's going to take over the school again! Now, hold on. Armin Tamzarian is an unsavory character who played us all for chumps. All right, all right. So he's a fraud. I don't care. His mom doesn't care. Do any of you care? You all seem to be forgetting that I am Seymour Skinner. This is where I belong. You can't ask me to disappear just because you like some other guy better. I gave half my life for you people. Aren't I entitled to a little dignity?
4: You're, uh,
3: you're right, Sergeant. Well, I don't see any way out of this. Now, if you'll allow me, I think I have a solution that'll satisfy the town and let Sergeant Skinner keep his dignity. But I'm a hero! And we salute you for it. Now don't come back! I'm sorry,
2: Seabor. It's nice you're alive, but you're just not what I'm looking for in a son. I'm glad you understand
4: this is a lovely gesture, but we still have to face the fact that I'm not really Seymour Skinner.
3: Oh, no, we don't, Judge
4: Snyder. By authority of the city of Springfield, I hereby confer upon you the name of Seymour Skinner, as well as his past, present, future, and mother. No game. And I further decree that everything will be just like it was before all this happened, and no one will
2: ever mention it again under penalty of torture. Here, son. This is yours again.
4: Mm. I've never been happier or prouder to be Seymour Skinner. But these last few days, as that hot-headed rogue Armin Tamzarian have taught me a thing or two. You know, maybe I've been a little too uptight in the past. Well, from now on, you're going to see a new Seymour Skinner.
2: Oh no, we won't.
1: Yes, mother. <laughs> Darn, too. You keep everything the same. Anything ever changes, bad things will happen. Everyone will be sad.
0: Well, I mean, I think that's. I mean, that is what this end of the episode so is. I mean, it's doing the, hey, everything is back to normal and you're not allowed to talk about it and it never happened. Exactly. And that upset a lot of people that the Simpsons were so bold to to do this. And that's, I mean, that's me being kind. I could use other words that aren't, aren't bold, <laughs> but it's something the show has never done. I, I, the thing that is, that it's just, it's very glaring about it. It is very clearly just saying, hey, this whole episode is weird, and we're not going to come up with some weird contrivance to change it. I mean, we are, but it's going to be completely on the nose, a clear like, hey, we just don't know what to do. So here, the judge decides no one can ever talk about it. Uh, Hopefully the real Seymour Skinner never shows up again, et cetera, et cetera. They've They've done this kind of ending before. In just a little more subtler ways, they've done episodes where, hey, Homer's Barbershop Quartet, the very end of the episode, they're like, why why haven't you ever told us this before? Why haven't we never known about this before? And it's like, oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and it, I mean, and they've done it multiple times where they just kind of toss away. Oh, it doesn't. Don't worry about it. It's just in this one. They make a big show of it. It's a very clearly like, hey, this is us pushing the reset button. Return his status quo and well yeah it's sorry uh, real quick it's
1: just uh every tv show seems to reset everything after a single episode and this is just them like you said being way more clear about that
0: yeah and uh, does it break the reality of the show i mean i guess but there's a lot of episodes that break the reality of the show at this point this is not the first one just the biggest one it's the most glaring one but there's lots of episodes that make zero sense that some beloved episodes that make zero sense. That are insane. Marjoris the Monorail. The episode is insane. It makes no sense. It's completely crazy. Uh, definitely. But I love it. It's a great episode. I think everyone agrees. Everyone loves Marjoris the Monorail. At least most people. I think most people... I think there's no universal, necessarily, love for any Simpsons episode. But mm-hmm. I think this is just a very... Glaring example of it, and it's a. And this episode is often pointed out as this is the end of Good Simpsons. This is the when they jump the shark, and I don't think that's true. I think no, there are- no. I mean. I- Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say I don't think I think there's still good Simpsons episodes occasionally. I just don't think they're nearly as routine as they once were. Like effortlessly just pushing out whole, entire seasons worth of great episodes one after the other. It's just now there's a handful of them every season, and then the rest are eh or bad.
1: Well, yeah, and it, it, I don't think I will call it, it to be the shark moment, but it, it starts a slow, steady decline until it bottoms out somewhere in season eleven.
0: I don't know if it bottoms out in season – I think it bottoms out in season 11, maybe stays there for a few seasons and then jumps back up into – all right, uh, we'll we'll touch on that as we get to the seasons. But, I mean, this is – why is this this disliked so much but the Simpsons spinoff showcase isn't? That's a good
1: question. It's hard to tell. I mean – Maybe because this episode has the patina of a normal, you know, canon Simpsons episode, but they're going so meta with it at the end that oh, we're just going to completely forget about this. That, that rankles people. They don't like being called attention to that. This is what we always do with shows like this.
0: And I think like and the and both uh, Oakley and Weinstein and Ken Keeler have gone on and say that the people who hate this episode, this episode is about them. And I think that's probably like they don't like being targeted. Necessarily, like, or they don't want to question. And I, I mean, it's about people like wanting change, and then when change happens, they're upset about it. And it's about w- what, where the show is at this point. Like, where do you go? What do you do? You have weird experiments like this, but mm-hmm. they're trapped. And the, and like, if you want to, like, look at a weird, this is my theory around it, and it's not the only time, but the Simpsons universe, Springfield. In big bold letters, not Springfield in the city that the Simpsons live in, but Springfield, the Simpsons as a show, has to, like it exists in a certain quantum state. And whenever something enters the show that challenges that state, it must be rejected. Frank Grimes, killed. Mm. Sherry Bobbins, killed. Seymour Skinner, the real one, shipped out of town. Rex Banner, catapulted away, probably dead. Uh, the, uh, the, the garbage episode city shifts moves it, it, that is my idea is like the Simpsons universe is just defending itself. It's like, it's like white blood cells and all these weird, these weird, crazy, disparate ideas that are not, they don't belong in the Simpsons, but they try and intrude on the show and the Simpsons rejects them. And this is what you get. You get weird endings like this. That's true. But that's what makes the show interesting
1: after a while is you have to have uh, you basically have changes to the show and basically how the show or how, you know, the society rejects them. That's what's interesting about the episode. And I feel like saying, oh, you know, I want the same plots over and over again is just going to lead to. Stagnation essentially is what we have today, where there's you know four or five good episodes in a twenty episode season, and so if you say, oh, I don't want anything to ever change, then you're just going to get you know a boring show.
0: Yeah, I I mean I think that's what the show is saying. I think it falters a, a few steps along the way. I don't think, I don't think it manages its time. I think it's I mean it's tight enough, but I think that it could. I don't, it feels a little bit clumsy here and there. It feels a little bit like it doesn't connect the idea of the metatextual communication. Like, it doesn't... like. I think it, should, I think it should be bolder, honestly. I think it should be more frank and more clear, more fourth-wall breaking. I think that's what the problem with this episode is. I think, like, it kind of tries to, like, sit on the fence. And I think that is my criticism of it. I feel like it should be bigger with the ideas. Like, I don't mind the ending. Honestly, I feel like it just needed to probably give us better expectation for that ending, not necessarily telegraph it, but prepare the audience for the fact that I don't know. I I still think it's, it's a very good execution of this idea, even if it's really weird and not still probably not universally liked. Yeah. I mean, like you said,
1: in order to make the show interesting, it's going to have to be something along the lines of, hey, we're going to change this radically, but it's a it's a sitcom, so you kind of have to put it all back together by the end. I think Futurama did a great job of this, of something weird and out there happening, uh, which was easy for a show that takes place, you know, in the year 3000 or so, and, you know, in outer space. It's easy to have weird, crazy plots like that, whereas The Simpsons, there's only so many real-life analog things that could happen to them. And uh, this episode tries to introduce something that, is on the outside of the craziness that could happen. I mean, it's no K and Kodos being real, but it's along those lines, and apparently a lot of Simpsons fans just couldn't handle that. And it's sad, because I don't think it's that bad.
0: No, I, I no, I still, I like this episode. I think it's good. Here, me on the record. I think it's a good episode. I don't think it's great, but I don't know. I, we'll hash it out when we rank it at the end of the show. Uh, no submissions for my favorite episode. But if you do have a favorite episode, you can submit it to SimpsonsShowPod at gmail.com, explaining why a certain episode is your favorite. And I'll read it when we get to that particular episode. Next up, Matt, it is time for the aforementioned comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments from the news group is where i comb through the old alt.tv.simpsons news group to see what people were talking about. Week or two after an episode debuted, uh, what they thought of the episode, if there's anything else interesting happening. Um hey M- Matt people really didn't like this episode at the time like 100% or No it wasn't 100% 90% No it I mean it there was a lot I mean there was a it, it you know the the people who are the angriest are always the loudest um but there was some people who were like hey, it's fine you know it's not great it's okay uh a couple of people are like I get what it's going for and they you know they recognized this is like satire this is a commentary this is meta it's stuff like that And then some people are like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. This is the new worst episode ever. I hate it. I hope Ken Keeler never writes another episode. Some people even say, I hate Ken Keeler, which that is an insane. uh, You should not attack artists like that. that You're a crazy person. Uh, But there is very strong opinions. Very strong, angry, I hate this. Um, They're creatively bankrupt. Uh, I'm trying to think of other things they said things along those lines uh f- f- like ruin Skinner as a character. I don't I don't think I personally am totally fine with Skinner after this episode because this episode didn't exist theoretically. To Skinner, to everyone in town, this episode never happened. Well, no, because otherwise they'd be tortured. Exactly. So, effectively, Skinner is the same character he was before, but we have the knowledge of everything that happened in this episode. We know it happened. But the, the townspeople act like it didn't. And I kind of like that. I like that weird little secret knowledge that the audience has. And the townspeople don't. I think that's a very interesting idea. I wish they would use that more often. In Skinner episodes after this. Um, But I think it's an interesting idea. I I mean. The, 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 the news group people were not the. There is. Matt Groening doesn't like this episode. Harry Shearer, the voice of Skinner, doesn't like this episode. Uh he thinks it's a indictment of the fans or something like along those lines. I don't What? I don't I don't I feel like it it's trying to be something different and interesting. And I think it mostly succeeds. Like eighty percent succeeds. And if it, was right. if it was 100% succeeds, it'd be, I'd like, I'd think it'd be along the lines of, like, Itchy and Scratchy Poochy Show. Like, it'd be right there with that, with that, but I think because it's only, like, 80% there, it's not. It's fine, though, but I don't know. I also, I also, we just touched on this, I reject the idea that this is the jumping the shark moment of The Simpsons. I think this episode is actually a kind of a counter-argument to the idea of jumping the shark at all. I think this episode and a lot of season 8 and season 9 are about entropy about how everything eventually falls and fades and dies i don't know if
1: i'd say it's about entropy and in the the death of the show but i i think it's pointing out that most shows can't go on for more than seven or eight seasons because eventually you run out of interesting things to happen to these characters and that's what this this basically these two seasons eight and nine are trying to tell us is that look we can keep going with this but we're gonna have to get weird in order for this to still be interesting
0: yeah and I mean, also, I think this episode is about change, and about how certain kinds of change are impossible. Certain kinds of change that would make this make the show have in, in, theoretically increase its longevity and provide a lot of new, fresh ideas—you can't do it. Like this is a, the certain like this is an example of like, hey, this is a crazy, drastic change, and within moments, the entire town reacts with anger because their world, their world has changed. Everything about it has changed. But that's. There's, I, there's, I probably, there, you know, there's other stuff in the news group, but I, that's, it's mostly a lot of angry. The internet has not changed very much, Matt, in 20 years.
1: Uh, it has not. That's just the internet for you. It's where people go to be angry. because They like to
0: be angry. Especially now. Uh, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow.
2: is gonna give me something
3: stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener.
0: Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, what is your favorite Barney quote? A lot of great ones. Some I forgot. It always happens that way. I always, oh, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, remember. Uh, First from Daniel uh, Burns. Hey, I thought I told you to stop licking my windows. I know you told me, but when I woke up this morning, I said, Barney, you're not going to lick that. And then Burns (laughs) slams (laughs) the window in his face. (laughs) Off from Jonathan. uh, Barney drinking beer straight from the tap. Uh Uh-oh, my heart stopped. There it goes. (laughs) <laughs> I love the delight. Very nice. Yes. Uh Chris Chris's answer uh from Linda Ronstadt, Barney, I think I'd like to put a Spanish version of our jingle on my next album. Yeah, you do that. <laughs> uh Chris. Uh to Homer and to Sergeant Pepper, who's growing out of out of your back. Uh Barn, you gotta unwrap the plastic before you smoke these things. Uh from Joe, what kind of pathetic drug do you take me for? Ooh, somebody spilled beer in this ashtray. <laughs> uh from Quinn, it begins. Tra-la-la-la-la-ba-do. Then the backpack, the jet pack. Yeah. Uh, from Nick, you'll be back. Well, this is, okay. Mo saying, you'll be back, and you, and you, and you. Of course I'll be back. If you didn't close, I'd never leave. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Kevin, bye, Superman. Uh, from Danny, is it is it okay to come out, Mr. Gay Man, sir? Uh, from Christian, Lord Palmerston Come on, Matt. I was waiting for you. Mm. Pit, oh, sorry, pit sorry. the sorry. pit come on. Pit pit the Elder. Thank, okay, thank you. Uh there's a couple multiple responses to
1: I'm just looking here and it's like there's no nothing underneath there. I'm like, well what, no, what, what, what I, I
0: expect <laughs> you I expect you to fill it in. Uh Tim at Hoju so eighty four. I'm worried about the beer supply after this case and the next case. There's only one case left. Uh from Ellen at Naturally Chic. Uh, Barney drink a beer from the tap. Uh-oh, my heart just stopped. Oh, there it goes. I really, li- I really like that. Uh, <laughs> a, at the thesis life, excuse me, did something crawl down your throat and die? It didn't die. <laughs> at Will, at Will's World MN, if you get hungry in the middle of the night, there's an open beer in the fridge. <laughs> uh, from Zach at Zach Kowalski, my name is Barney and I'm an alcoholic. Uh, Mr. Gumble, this is a Girl Scout meeting? Is it? Or is that you girls can't admit you have a problem? Very good. Uh, lots. It was very popular response. Uh, finally from Valerie at Rouge Bonsai. Uh, I don't know where your magic pixies came from, but I sure like your pixie drink. Very good. Matt, what is your answer?
1: I'm going to have to go with uh, Tim. And the uh, after this case and the other case, there's only one case left. Yeah, Barney's right. Oh, get some beer. Oh, yeah, Barney. We should get some more
0: beer. <laughs> I, yeah. I forgot about all the, the Barney. He's the providing, yeah. providing his own. Yeah, that's my answer as well, Matt. We sh- We agree again. Oh man, <laughs> got to work harder at finding the weird ones. I don't. Yeah, hey, sometimes the popular answers are good for a reason because they people like them a lot. But I that was yeah, either that true. one or the the heart stopping. I that's it. Just you know, Barney's dedicated to his his drinking. At least that's you know. I don't. I frankly, I mean, they waffle back and forth with his alcoholism in the later years, and I'm not sure I necessarily like all that. But I him being a dedicated drunk, I can get behind. Yeah. Our next week's question: What is your unpopular Simpsons opinion? What do you th- what I- what do you what is it a Simpsons opinion you have that does not necessarily go in line with the, the popular opinion? Is it? Hey, Homer's enemy is actually a bad episode. I don't. I know none of you think <laughs> that. I mean, I, that's an example, no, no. theoretically, one like the most unpopular Simpsons opinion. But you know, something along those lines, because it's certainly impossible for you to. Think that Homer's Enemy is a bad episode, even though I've gotten emails to that ex- certain, to that basically <laughs> saying that exact thing for some reason. People had to let me know that. But what is your unpopular substance? Mindy I will post this question on all our social media Facebook.com slash The Simpsons Show Pod at Twitter on, huh, at, on Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod. And you can email us Simpsons Show Pod at gmail.com. Next up, Matt, it is time once again for the No Google Trivia Challenge.
3: I am Desmart. I am too smart.
0: S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-T. The No Google of Trivia Challenges. is where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard. Try and stump the other. We uh, don't have uh, stakes yet in our wager for this season. We're still... F- I'm still accepting suggestions. I've got, I've got one that I think is interesting that I am totally fine with that I know Matt will hate. So I'm not sure that it's a good one. But, uh... We'll, I'm gonna propose it to him along with a few others once they come in. So send them in to those aforementioned social media places, and I'll consider them uh, Simpsons-related theoretically. And if they're not food or drink-related, I will we'll probably weigh towards those more. But Matt, hey, it might be we have to do another weird food or drink thing. No, no, nope. sorry, denied. You don't have to do. You probably won't even have to do it. I'm probably gonna lose,
1: right? I don't know. I'm, I'm trying really hard to uh, to make your questions
0: achievable this this season. Oh, I appreciate you taking pity on me. I really appreciate that. <laughs> also, our listeners have gone on record saying that I should take all the pity points you offer me. But oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a prideful man. I'm I'm not going to. I, I think there are 20 more seasons of this show. I think I could eventually just get lucky one season. Like, and that's all I need. Like, I don't need to win every season or something or win five in a row. Winning one time will probably be enough for me and make me happy. Mm. Pride's a dangerous emotion. They uh, brought down the uh, bandy ember. The who? The what? <laughs> it's a wow joke. Don't worry about it. Oh, dear God. All right. I'll start us off, Matt. Uh, this is all from the itchy, itchy and Scratchy the movie. Ooh. Okay. Your easy question. In the future, Bart has become what?
1: Supreme, uh, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. That's correct. That's correct. All right. All right. Your questions are all from a fish called Selma. Mm, okay. Uh,
0: when Troy and Selma live together, what do they get for Jub-Jub? That's an easy question? I thought so. You're a crazy man. Uh, what do they get for Jub-Jub? Uh, like a nice rock? Yes, a big flat rock. I mean, that's, what else would you get a big lizard? That's that's why I thought it was an easy question. Um, well, <laughs> it's not the first thing that pops to mind when I think of that that episode, Matt. Yeah. That's what easy is to me. Sure, Your sure. medium question. What is Marge made to write on the chalkboard after her meeting with Mrs. Krabappel? Um, okay. It, it, it's
1: going to be hard. It's exactly right. Oh, man. Is it? I want to say it's I will not raise a disobedient son or disobedient child.
0: That is incorrect, Matt. Oh, dang it. It is. I will try to raise a better child. Okay, I will try to raise a better child. Okay. I better I was I, mm, I would I was gonna I was thinking about maybe I'll give you half points. I don't think you got close enough. I don't think you got no close no enough no. For point. All right, what's I my it. what's my medium question?
1: Uh, your medium question. which I think you'll get. Uh, what is the name of Troy's agent in a fish called Selva?
0: Oh, Uh he's voiced by Jeff Goldblum. Yep, uh, that's the easy part. Eh? I know. Uh, um. Oh, I'm trying to think of their conversations. Um I don't I do not remember uh I can guess Lance Stevens. That's wrong. <gasps> I'm sorry. It is MacArthur Parker. MacArthur Parker Should've thought of this the glasses company. Yeah. Do you think Matt, I have a side question for you. This just that came to mind okay. when I was thinking about this. Is is Matthew McConaughey's character in uh Tropic Thunder based you think that's a or is it, you think that's they saw that that Simpson's episode and or is that just kind of like hey hollywood agent trope thing
1: i think that's just hollywood agent trope kind of thing cuz i've i've seen that same agent i mean uh the the agent from um uh entourage is is it's like a slightly scummier version of the same thing
0: i guess that's fair all right your hard question what is the title of the star trek movie the kids are watching at the beginning of the episode
1: okay it
0: is Star Trek 9, So Very Tired. Is that your final answer? Yes. Sorry, Matt. Oh, what is it? It's Star Trek 12. 12! So Very Tired. Dang.
1: So close. All right. Are you ready for your hard question? Sure. Sure, I am. All right. Uh, at the end of the Fish Call, what is the name of the McBain movie that Troy
0: turns down? Oh, God. <laughs> um... I remember what movie he takes. Is that can I use that one instead? Nope. Nope. The, that's the, the easy one actually. It's a the, weird name, but it's the easy one to remember. The, the can, can, can fabulous contraption of uh Horatio Huffnagel. That, that was actually pretty close. I would give you two out of three
1: on that one, but that's not the question.
0: Oh, uh, uh, okay. Um it is McBain's revenge? It's not Is it. that your final answer? I, sure, what is it? I don't know. Uh, it's McBain four, fatal discharge. God. Oh that's that's really gross Ugh. yes yes it is I think I'll do it we're a little bit short on time today so we'll have to save the some bonus questions for another day we can move on to our final segment segment we win every single episode with it is time for best episode ever best episode ever best episode ever as far where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are hey Matt where do you think this one goes
1: I don't know. I mean, I, I think the other Skinner episodes are probably the best comparison. Sure. Um, so we're looking at um, uh, Seymour, Sweet Seymour Skinner's badass song. Is the really the only other one that makes sense, and I think that one's better than this one.
0: Number sixty-one is where yep. that is. Hmm.
1: I mean, when you look at the episodes around it, I, I feel like it's it's pretty obvious that they are better. I like what the the creators were trying to do with this episode in terms of the statement they were making, but in terms of overall quality of the episode, I feel like it it falls short.
0: Also, when we're just looking at this list and talking about crazy weird things that happen in the show, uh, *Springfield Files*, there's aliens in that episode. Well, to be fit, well, there are people who look like aliens. I no, don't know if they're
1: actually there's
0: aliens. that lineup, they have an Alf and Chewbacca are in that, Matt. and Kodos, yeah, but Kang and Kodos they could be well. guys in costumes. King and Kodas in costumes? Yeah. So this is a world that you've created where King and Kodas are actual aliens, but we also have people who dress up like King and Kodas on Earth.
1: Well, yeah, it's like the uh, the gray aliens. You know, they're real aliens, obviously, but people dress up on like on Earth all the time because, you know, they've they've been hanging out and visiting.
0: I don't... I'm fairly certain that in that is, like, literal the episode that they're... Marvin the Martian is in that episode, Matt. No, Robbie. Obviously. <laughs> okay. I just I'm just looking at the list, and Springfield Files is above Sweet Seymour Skinner's Badass song. I just want to point that out. That that also has re- completely ridiculous things in it. Um, it's this is a really hard one. It's really tricky. I really like what yeah, it's, it's. I like what it's trying for. I think it really does have deep like the scenes with Agnes and Skinner. The the basically, the the one where he first meets her. And then the one where he leaves, I think, are really, really powerful and really interesting. But I think the rest of the episode is a little bit topsy turvy and doesn't set up the ending well enough. I mean, I think that's I understand the point of it is like, hey, this is an unexpected ending. But I feel like you don't have to necessarily tip off your tip your hand to prepare an audience for an ending like that. I think you can prepare them by using subtle like I I don't know. It's a hard thing to do. I think that's I think the degree of difficulty on this episode is extraordinarily high. And I, I, I so it doesn't bother me so much that it's not perfect. Yeah. But you're probably right that it is better. I don't think it's that much worse though. I think I don't know. How low would how low would you go? Give me a How number. How low would I go? Where would you put um, it? Where would you give me a number? Where, where would you put it right now? Right below C- Sweet Seymour Skinners or like 50 you No, know, I,
1: th- I don't think right below. Um, there are a lot of episodes that I really enjoy. Uh, for example, you know, about six down is Homer and Apu. And I feel like that's a, a better study of as Apu as a character than it is uh, Skinner. Um. But right below that, I kind of feel like it's decent. I, I think it's let's say this is I think it's better than Radioactive Man. Uh Radioactive Man is a very interesting episode, but I think this one, especially like you said, the, the skin or the, the Tamzarian and <laughs> Agnes moments uh really are very touching. And there's there's some there's some pretty decent jokes in here. So I would put it somewhere in between those two.
0: How about right below Homer and pooh? Right above Star Stark Raven Dead. I can definitely see that. That works for me. You know, Star Graving the Dad, the episode where they bring home a mental patient who thinks he's Michael Jackson? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously. Nothing ever crazy happens in The Simpsons. Hmm? Or two Disney and one Greyhounds.
1: Nope. That's totally not a uh, based on a, a Disney movie. Well, where or do those have... dogs go at the end of the episode, Matt? Uh, Monty Burns owns them. They're race dogs. I mean, rich people don't like
0: take care of their race animals. They they have, they have pay people to do that for them. I'm just saying. That's also a crazy. I, I'm just. They don't. There's lots of crazy, crazy, weird stuff that happens at the end of Simpsons episodes. Okay, so right below Homer and Pooh, right above Star Craving Dad, is the Principal and the Popper. Number sixty-eight on our list. Number one on our list is still Homer's enemy. Last place, one seventy is Homer's Odyssey. It'll be replaced at some point, probably. Probably. You know, no guarantees. <laughs> but it's it's a possibility. Uh, our next episode is Lisa's sex, which it's all I re- about the
1: history now going back in time and explaining how things got the way they are
0: a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's not like the Simpsons haven't done that before either, but this is a very this is a, another turnabout from this, you know, this incredibly kind of weird meta textual episode to like a very heartfelt one. Uh, but we'll talk about that next week. You can find the, our best episode ever listed on our website, simpsonshow.com Links to everything there, to our Facebook, to our Twitter, to our RSS feed, to our Patreon. If you want to help the show out, keep us ad-free. Before we go, you can find me on Twitter, at Robbie Dorman. Subscribe to our newsletter. It's tinyletter.com slash Robbie Dorman. And you can check out my other podcast, Hansel Boys Comics Hour. It's about comic books and uh, the serial fanaticists, which is about lots of nerdy stuff. Our last my last, our, our last our episode, because Matt was on it, it's about Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire as we work our way through the Harry Potter series. I think we had a good discussion. Uh, so check that out. Matt does not participate in social media unless there's a certain level of Patreon backer. You will not find him.
1: That's true. Uh however, uh this weekend I will be traveling to the way off in the past land of Mississippi. Uh so feel free to telegram me your uh, your questions. Uh just the central operator operator in Mississippi will find me. Just, you know, t- send it in that basic direction.
0: I mean, how many people are in Miss- in Mississippi?
1: I don't know. I mean, only about 4 of them know how to write and read, so, you know. Oh, except
0: for all the people listening
1: <laughs> who are live in Mississippi. Well, of course, obviously obviously <laughs> they go out of state to download their podcast.
0: Yours this- I've only driven through Mississippi, so I really can't make any. I do know that you said you've had to go to a different state to go see a movie there. Uh, That's true. Uh, We had to go to Louisiana. I think that says a lot. With that, we can call it a day. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching The Citizens. Shh.